0: And righteous people should be sober-minded. Now understand, there's nothing wrong with, with drinking. The Bible makes it clear that we're not to be drunk. When we get impaired, when our, when our, when our thinking, when our ability and comprehension and action becomes impaired by something, um, then we are now not in a place where we are operating in the capacity that we, we, we should be. We are under the influence of something. Shalom, saints, and welcome to our verse-by-verse study of the book of Genesis. I'm your host and teacher, Arthur Bailey. Moses, the writer of Genesis, let us know that Ham is the father of Canaan because of the events that shall unfold in this portion of scripture. Noah gets drunk from his homemade wine and is uncovered within his tent, and Noah cursed Canaan. This implies that Noah's younger son did something but does not reveal what his younger son did. Ham was not Noah's younger son, and Canaan was a grandson. So how can this verse be explained in a way that makes sense? Today's study title is Wine, Drunkenness, and the Curse of Canaan. So, let's study. All right. Again, our message today is Wine, Drunkenness, and the Curse of Canaan. And we're picking up in verse number 18 of chapter 9. As we discovered last week and talked about last week, we know that um, Noah uh, was excuse me that Noah and his sons they came from the ark and their wives and Noah's wife and all of the animals and father established an everlasting covenant with Noah with his wife with Noah's sons with Noah's son's wives with no the the animals everything that was on the ark and with the earth and so we saw that and so here in verse number 18, um, again, the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then uh, Moses here decides, uh, or the translators don't know, and Ham is the father of Canaan. Now, this particular verse, where, where, where we find Moses, the writer of Genesis, lets us know that Ham is the father of Canaan, and we're gonna see that also later. But because of the events that shall unfold in this portion of scripture, for whatever reason, either Moses or the translators, the interpreters, uh, put this here. And, and the reason why I say this is because those of us who grew up in the South, now if, if you haven't been exposed uh, to to slavery, by Christians, slavery by Christians, and you know, outside of outside of this country, and especially uh, outside of the South, Christianity was a huge player in slavery in the United States of America. And for, for, for years in the, in, in the United States of America, uh, slaves were not allowed to read. Uh, slaves weren't allowed to, to be in, in church. And when, when slaves were allowed to go to church, there was, there was c- certain separations. Uh, they couldn't come in contact with the Europeans. And much of Christianity used This particular passage and specifically this verse that Noah, because of Ham, uh, he cursed Ham, that it was a curse of Ham. And because Ham was supposedly the progenitor of the black race, then by the curse of Ham, the black race was cursed. Now, all, all people had to do was read a little further down, but you gotta understand something. That if, if, like the Catholics, the Christians in this country forbid the blacks to read. They were not allowed to read. And for them to understand anything, they, they could only understand and comprehend what they had been told. And if they're told, that ham was cursed and ham was the the father of the black race then everything that came out of ham was cursed now it's unfortunate that there and and there there are passages even in the talmud that talks about ham being the copulation of the crow <laughs> indicating that that even in the Talmudic writings, it is viewed that blacks were cursed by Jehovah. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that all you gotta do is read a few more verses to find out exactly who Noah cursed. But it's interesting that in the very opening uh, verses, it decides to make Ham is the father of Canaan. And so, the new there, there's a story that was written back in 2003 and you know if you do if you simply Google the curse of Ham, you will find that this was uh well known in the days of old, especially here in the United States. but there's a particular article written and published by Felicia R Lee and this was published back in 2003. Uh, in the New York Times, that by the 19th century, many historians agreed the belief that African-Americans were descendants of Ham was a primary uh, justification for slavery among Southern Christians. It was based on the curse of Ham. Now, as the descendants of Noah's sons, we will be given Uh, in the next chapter. So we're going to find out some stuff in the next chapter, and I'm not going to jump there, but I do want to point that out. These are the three sons of Noah, verse 19, and of them was the whole earth overspread. So next week I'm going to be speaking on the founding fathers. The founding fathers is what we're going to be titling this particular uh, teaching next week. Noah becomes a farmer and plants a vineyard. The ground is no longer cursed because Jehovah had removed the curse from the ground after Noah's sacrifice in chapter eight. If you remember, the ground was cursed because of what Adam, uh, I'm sorry, what um, uh, Cain did. And the the ground now was no longer going to produce for Cain. So when Cain uh, brought the offering and he killed his brother's He killed his brother and the blood uh spoke out father said thorns and thistles it was going to produce no it was adam right and then uh, from cain it was no longer going to produce it wasn't going to yield anything so it was under adam that it was cursed but it was under cain that it wouldn't produce anything and so after noah made the sacrifices in verse eight, it says in verse 21, and Jehovah smelled a sweet savor and Jehovah said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. But then he makes this statement. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I've done. Now, the statement that he makes here in verse 21 shows itself out in the next chapter. Because remember now, Noah was a righteous man. And because of Noah, his sons were saved. But it didn't necessarily mean that righteousness now was going to fill the earth again, because we see a a generation later, we got some issues where now Noah, who had witnessed father cursing creation and saving him and his family is now pronouncing a curse as we're going to see here in a few more verses and noah began to be a husband and he planted a vineyard so noah gets drunk he he makes some some wine and noah had every right to to make wine but what we see here is Um, A righteous man does something that impairs, it impairs him. It puts him in a place to where now he is no longer uh, sober. And and righteous people should be sober-minded. Now, understand there's nothing wrong with, with drinking. The Bible makes it clear that we're not to be drunk. When we get impaired, when our, when, our, when our thinking, when our ability and comprehension and action becomes impaired by something, um, then we are now not in a place where we are operating in the capacity that we, we, we should be. We are under the influence of something. Now, it's interesting that in modern time, alcoholism is considered to be a spirit. And they makes it very clear, you know, some bars advertise food in spirit. It is identified as a spirit, but one thing's for sure is that we know that alcohol brings us under a influence to where we're not operating in the capacity of soberness and making decisions that can come back to haunt us. Because here's one of the things that is that is clear. If if Noah hadn't gotten drunk, a curse on Canaan would have never been pronounced. The curse is a result of an action. And one action initiates another. It's motion. When you do something, it is not just confined to you. What you do affect other people. You may not intend to affect them because you're only thinking about your yourself at the moment, but everything that I do, I know for a fact that my actions is going to affect people. And it's not just because I'm a, I'm a father or a, or a minister, I'm a husband, you see, I'm a man. When, if, if I mistreat some, somebody, there, there are women out there who have been mistreated by men that now look at men in the same light as the one man who mistreated them or the several men who treat, mistreated them. And so if a woman has been mistreated by a man, then at some point, some women come to the conclusion that all men are like that. If if people have seen crooked preachers, at some point they come to the conclusion that all preachers are crooked, you see. And so there's certain things, there's certain, I think, one of the reasons why I never cared to have a Cadillac is because of preachers. I'm just being, you know, there were two people in my neighborhood who drove Cadillacs, pimps and preachers. And sometimes you couldn't tell the difference between the two. You see, then... I've seen preachers who have fallen and the effect of their fallen has affected all the people who followed them. I've seen things to where my action, which is why I have to be very careful about my action because my action don't just affect me. It affects everyone who is in relationship to me. You see. You shouldn't have to defend me. But because of your association with me, you find yourself being accused because of your association, as some would say, guilty by association. May you listen to that, Bailey? <laughs> you see. And I, I've heard people, you know, Baileyites, whatever. And so Noah gets drunk and his drunkenness sets the stage for a behavior and an action that even to this day is still being played out. The term uncovered is used in the Torah to indicate now, the Bible says Noah planted um, a vineyard. We, don't, we haven't gotten to this term yet, but the term uncovered is used in the Torah to impl- indicate improper sexual relationship and to have sex with or marry someone who is forbidden, it is forbidden to marry. And so this particular term, the Bible says that Noah got drunk he became a a husbandman and in verse number 21, he drank of the wine and was drunk and was uncovered within his tent. Now it would have been nice if the writer had told us what happened, but he doesn't. And so because he doesn't tell us what happened, it is left to individuals to try to figure out what happened and I can tell you now the stories of what happened is many based on books that have been written in sermons that have been preached based on speculation, not fact. And so if the writer just simply could have told us what happened, there wouldn't have been this made-up curse of Ham. We'd understand more about the curse of Canaan, and, and we're going to see as this thing unfolds. In Leviticus 20, 11, and the man that lieth with his father's wife had uncovered his father's nakedness. Now, the interesting thing that I find in the story of Noah, we know that Noah, his sons, Noah's wife and their wives were on the boat. But by the time we get to the uncovered nakedness, Noah's sons, have had sons. Because we're gonna find that, Sh- that Canaan, the one Noah cursed, is the fourth son of Ham. So, so this lets us know that there's some generation activity that have taken place, but it is not written in the passage. And so we see in Leviticus 2011 this word uncovered because since the writer didn't tell us what it meant that Noah was uncovered, it forces individuals to, to look for examples of uncovered in the Bible. And it comes, it draws the conclusion that one or two or several things happen. And so the first thing, Oh, the next time the word is used is in Leviticus 20.11, and it says, the man that lieth with his father's wife. So did Ham or Canaan lie with Noah's Noah's wife? It doesn't say, but this is how it's used. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them after that. After that, the term is used in Leviticus 20.17. And if a man shall take, marry his sister his father's daughter or his mother's daughter or see her nakedness. And that word take again, it, the word marry is not there, but the, the implication is that if a man shall take, if he shall lie with or marry or take to be married, his sister. Now that was a time in human history that a man marrying his sister was not against the law. But times have changed, why? Because the fruitful and the multiplying that was given as a command, people have been fruitful, they've multiplied and Father is saying, okay, this is no longer permitted. It was permitted during the time of being fruitful and multiplying, but now it is no longer permitted and laws are instituted among the people of Jehovah to say what once was is no longer. And so if a man take or marry his sister, his father's daughter or his mother's daughter and see her nakedness and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He hath uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his iniquity." And so we see the word uncovered associated with sexual relationship, improper sexual relationship. And so it leaves the mind to wander into places. In verse 21 again, it says, "'And he drank of the wine and was drunken, "'and he was uncovered within his tent.'" Now, Noah, a righteous man, now is drunk. And as a result of his state of drunkenness, he finds himself speaking a curse that to this day seems to be still in effect on the descendants of Canaan. In verse 22, and Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And so one could question, well, why didn't Ham do something other than tell his brothers? Because what his brothers did was different than what Ham did. Ham saw his father's nakedness and did not cover his father. But when he told his two brothers, they covered their father. And the way they did it, and Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And so the two verses that we looked at, Genesis, uh, Leviticus twenty eleven, and Levit- Leviticus twenty uh, seventeen. One had to do with the with 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 the son laying with his father's wife, and the other has to do with someone laying with their sister. Now neither one of these were the cases with Noah, but one 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 couldn't even say that because. If, if if Ham saw his father's nakedness, and I tell you, I have more questions than answers in this. Because one, did Mrs. Noah and Mr. Noah sleep in the same tent? And what was Mrs. Noah? Because she's not mentioned after the ark, you know, is unoccupied. So there are, There are stories that um, Canaan must have laid with Mrs. Noah. Canaan must have laid with his father. We don't know. And all of that is conjecture because the scripture doesn't, doesn't say. But here's what we do know. Noah was uncovered. Now the next question is, is who uncovered him? So this next verse has caused a lot of debate among scholars and students for many centuries. The verse implies Noah's younger son did something but does not reveal what his younger son did. Now notice this, and Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And I got this bold and underlined for uh, a reason. And and here, here it is. The confusion is added to when we ask the question, who was Noah's younger son? In all of the passages where Noah's sons are mentioned together, it is in the order of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, if we look at this order, who would be Noah's youngest son? Japheth. If we look at this order, and this is a consistent order the first time we find it we see uh, that the bible says and noah had sons and we'll see this in a moment The, the hebrew definition for the name sham because he's got sham ham and japheth name states that sham is the older son of noah so if you look up sham in a concordance a lexicon, it will give you the impression that Shem means name. And those in the in, in Jewish circles use the term Hashem, meaning the name. So Shem means name, and then it goes on to say, the eldest son of Noah and progenitor of the Semitic tribes. So by definition, the Hebrew indicates that Shem is the oldest. However, in Genesis 5.32, and Noah was 500 years old and Noah begat. Now, the verse implies that he begat Shem first, and then Ham, and then Japheth. Genesis 6.10, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Genesis 7.13, in the self-same day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his son with them into the ark. In Genesis nine eighteen, and the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. And so we see a consistent order being given Verse number 10, now these are the generations of the sons of Noah. Genesis 10, 1, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. 1 Chronicles 1, 4, Noah, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. So it seems that Ham is the oldest, I mean, Sham is the oldest, Ham is the middle son, and Japheth is the younger son. You see. Now, in one passage in scripture, And all it takes is for one, for somebody to take Genesis 9, 18, where, and Ham is the son, is the father of Canaan. All it takes is one passage in in scripture where Japheth is mentioned as the elder or older than Shem. So if that's the case, then it says, well, Japheth is the older, Shem is the middle, and who is the younger? Would be Ham. Ham is the younger of the three brothers, brothers brothers in this passage. However, this verse is noted in several trans versions as a translation error, and that, that passage is Genesis chapter 10, verse number 21. Unto Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, the elder. Even to him were children born. And that's in the King James Version. In the New International Version, it says, sons were born also to Shem, whose older brother was Japheth. You see this? Shem was the ancestor of all the sons of Abar. That's the New International Version. In the Amplified Version, it says, Genesis 10, 21, to Shem also, the younger brother of Japheth and the ancestors of all the children of Eber, including the Hebrews. So in this one verse, Genesis 10, 21, it puts Japheth above Shem, and obviously with Japheth above Shem, then Ham would come under Japheth and Shem. You, you see how this could play out in a person can use this to support Ham being the younger one who was cursed? If if a person is ignorant and don't know the difference and already is under the impression that blacks are cursed because of Noah cursing his younger son, Then this would be a verse that would be used to prove Ham was the younger son. But the scripture is clear Noah never said, Cursed be Ham. So it takes some twisting and manipulation that causes a person to come to this conclusion. Now, the other play of words and identity because as we're going to see that the whole earth was populated, I was taught as a child that Noah had biracial children, that Shem was uh, Middle Eastern, that um, Japheth was European, and that Ham was black. And, you know, not knowing any better, you got a man and a woman, and they got biracial children. But see, if you're unlearned and ignorant, and these things are put in you at an early age, you grow up believing. You grow up believing certain things, especially in this country. People grow up believing, which is what has created uh, racial barriers, systematic racism, um, systems that have been in place to oppress certain people. And because of the oppression, People today are still trying to manip- manipulate the scripture to turn the table, to to take the oppressed to become the uh, future oppressor. To where the reason why certain people are are cursed is because of a violation of the Torah, which was the black race <laughs> and so you got all of this manipulation and twisting going on and it's what what used to be used by the the, the white uh, slave owners in the in this country is now being flipped and being used by the sons the 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 descendants of slaves against their oppressors, And this is where a lot of this black Hebrew Israelitism is coming from. It's just a continual um, misuse, manipulating scripture to support ideology in the reverse. It's almost like a reverse racism, if you would. And we have to be very careful that we don't fall into the traps of people who are trying to push an agenda using passages of scripture that can support an argument or a theory when in fact, it cannot necessarily be proven outside of books that are written from a certain perspective with the idea of turning the tables. (laughs) And so these verses are used. The New American Standard Bible and the New Revised Standard Bible correctly translates the verse, which is consistent with all of the other passages where the sons are mentioned together in 1021. The New American Standard Bible, which is why some people say that it is closest to the actual translation. In Genesis 10, 21, it says also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber and the older brother of Japheth. Now notice in the other versions, it says that he is the younger brother. But in these versions, it says he is the older brother of Japheth. And then in the new revised standard Bible, to Shem also the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth children were born and in neither one of these verses is ham mentioned which one makes the argument because ham was cursed that's why he's not mentioned here and i'm telling you man people have have manipulated and twisted the scriptures for their own means to push their agenda people for Generations have been using the Bible to push their agenda. Furthermore, the curse was placed upon Canaan and his descendants. Canaan was not a son, but a grandson of Noah. But Noah referred to his younger son and placed the curse on Canaan, the son of Ham. Now, Noah said, the Bible says he woke up and saw what his younger son had done. Ham was not Noah's younger son and Canaan was a grandson. So how can this verse be explained in a way that makes sense? And this is what I'm trying to do, is trying to make sense of it all so that I can try to explain it. We do see an example of a grandson being elevated to son status. There's at least one example in the Bible, and that is dealing with Jacob who claimed Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, as two of the 12 tribes. And so you have the sons of Jacob, which would be the sons of Joseph, which would be Jacob's grandson, elevated to sonship and becoming two of the tribes of Israel with the same status and assignment of land as Jacob's own flesh and blood son by Jacob's wives. Genesis 46, 20, and unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim. So it's clear that Joseph, unto Joseph was born Ephraim and Manasseh. But when a person thinks about Ephraim and Manasseh today, they see them as one of the 12 tribes. And who was the father of the 12 tribes? Jacob. Most people today don't know that Ephraim and Manasseh were grandsons because they they view them in the same way status as a son. But it is clear they were Joseph's sons, which Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And then in Genesis 48, five, and now that, and now, and here's what happens. Jacob says, and now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto you, Joseph, in the land of Egypt before I came unto you, Unto Egypt, they're mine. Just as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So what does Jacob do? He elevates his son, his grandsons, to sonship. That's an example in the Bible. Is it possible that Noah declared Canaan his own son? It's possible. But the simplest explanation is that the Hebrew at the time of this writing did not seem to have a word for grandson. So what do we find? The Hebrew word in this passage is ben. This word could be used for son, child, or grandson. Same word. The word son, ben, means son, grandson, child, member of a group, son, male, child, grandson. So Noah could have said when he awakened and saw what his grandson, but the Hebrew word is Ben or Ben. You see that? It's possible. It's a simple explanation. In some places, the Hebrew word Ben is used for the word children. Practically every place in the Bible where you see the children of Israel, it's it's all inclusive of the men, the women, the third generation, if there's three or four generations, generations—is everybody. And so the word Ben is used for the word children, which can be taken to be inclusive of male and female. The first use of the word is found in chapter three, where father says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow, thou shalt bring forth bane. Now, people, no, not talking to you. People today, you know, you have people say bot and bane. Bot and bane. It's like um, bot means daughter of, bane means son of. So, you know, I would be Arthur, Ben, Bane. Uh, TC, <laughs> Tommy, or you know uh, uh, Yaakov Ben whatever, the son of. But the same word Ben is used for children. And this is why one could make an argument for women in Tzitzit, because it says, speak unto the children of Israel. Now the word Ben there, which one would argue, well that word is for son. Well, if you're dealing with modern Hebrew, you would be correct. But you can't take modern Hebrew and put it in the book to use it for your own purposes and say, okay, well, Ben means son. So Sitsis is only for sons, not for daughters. When the word children covers male, female, son, grandson, grandfather, and that's another word that is not found that I couldn't find. Now, it may be there, but I couldn't find the term grandfather in the Bible. There's grandmother, but that's only found in the Greek portion of the Bible, referring to uh, Timothy's grandmother. It's not found in the Hebrew portion of the Bible. And so children of Israel covers everybody but that word children is the word "ben." you see. Don't take my word for it, look it up. And so father uses this word, Moses translates it, um, it is translated children from the Hebrew, "ben." The question remains, if Ham uncovered Noah, why did Noah curse Canaan and not Ham? Now some would say because of the sin of the father. But 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 here's the thing, as we're going to see in the next chapter. Um, Ham has 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 four sons. He has Mitzrayim, he has Put, he has um, Cush, and he has Canaan. So why would he choose the youngest? of ham's son and not one of the others why is it he doesn't curse ham or or, or put or or um cush or mitraim he curses canaan is it possible that he cursed canaan because canaan was the perpetrator but what did canaan do we 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 take it that it had something to do with sexual impropriety but we don't know for sure and we shouldn't speculate because the moment we begin to teach as fact conjecture based on a theory, the mind takes the information as fact. It doesn't matter, here's my theory, I can't prove it, but then you spend the next 45 minutes making a case for your theory. At the end of the theorizing, the case has been made, which now is fact in the mind. So a person walks away with the theory, believing it's a fact, and now they are perpetuating theory as fact. Now you may have heard it was, this is my theory, I can't prove it, but from that point on is no longer a theory I can't prove. It's a fact that was spoken by my bishop. And now everybody within the organization believe this. And somebody comes along and say, hey, the bishop is not speaking fact. He made it clear it was a theory, but everybody said, oh, now you are a hater. Touch not God's anointed, do his prophet no harm. But he said it was a theory, touch not God, I rebuke you Satan. It's like all this nonsense, and after the second or third generation, it's, it's a fact, it's a fact. <laughs> My wife and I were cooking, um, and it's, I asked her uh, why she um, did such and such a certain way and because her and I, we're so different. I I prepare things one way. She prepares things another way. Um, But what I've learned is there's things that I've been shown that I have a tendency to um, try to improve upon there are things that people that have been taught and this is the way you do it. No explanation as to why you do it this way. This is just the way to do it. And so I asked her, why you do it? And she said, because that's the way I've, I was taught to do it. You see. And so I remember a story some time ago when a little girl was watching her mother cook ham. And her mother would cut the ends off and put them in this, this pan and put it in the oven. And one day, the little girl asked her mom, why you cut the ends off? And she didn't know. She says, that's what my, my mother taught me. And, and so she asked her, 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 her grandmother. And, and, and I guess the grandmother explained to her, well, back in the day, we had these very small ovens and a whole ham couldn't fit in the oven. And so the pot that went into the oven, in order to do the ham, we had to cut the ends off the ham so it fit in the pot, so the pot would fit in the oven. So the mother saw this and she just started cutting the ends off, but now we got big ovens where the whole thing will fit in with big pots, and she's still cutting the ends off. Now I know ham is not the best scenario for, none ham-eating people, but the story is the same. You see, people are taught to do things without explanations as to why they do it, and then they pass it on to the next generation and the next generation. And after a while, in the United States of America, uh, people believed that black people were cursed and that Noah cursed them. Now people are coming into Torah and, the, and, the, and the, 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 the story line is changed. Black people aren't cursed because of, of the curse of, of, of Ham, even though it's mixed. Black people are cursed because they're the original Hebrews and they violated the Torah. You get this. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that there are Hebrews of various hues or pigmentations, including black. I believe there's a lot of black Hebrew, but you'll never sell me on the idea that all blacks are Hebrews. It just doesn't work that way because there were people who were non-Hebrew during the time of Hebrews who also were black. <laughs> but I understand the mindset and I'm, I'm, for those of you who, these are the folks you'll see standing on the corner using languages, cussing people out, using the Bible as their, as their platform. And you can tell something's wrong with the idea. Well, you give people some truth and they run and they manipulate scripture to prove something among ignorant and unlearned people. And you can't talk to them because they're too busy spewing their, their beliefs and they don't have ears to hear. Even when you try to show them from their own scripture, people start talking over you, talking you down, don't wanna listen, don't wanna reason, and they stay of the same opinion. So this is why Yeshua would tell his disciples, you know, shake the dust, move on. Don't try to argue with somebody who is arguing because you don't have to argue the truth. The truth will speak for itself if a person has ears to hear. Some people don't have ears to hear. They don't have ears to hear today, and they didn't have ears to hear during Yeshua's day. And there's no person on the planet who can convince somebody better than the word itself. And yet, there were people who rejected the very word that presented truth. So, in Genesis 9.25, and he said, curse be who? Canaan. Curse be Canaan. How many of you in this room have ever heard of the curse of hell? Now, I encourage you, now all the black folks raise their hand, the white did anybody over there raise their hand? It's interesting, isn't it? All the black folks raise their hands, the white folks are, what? But, but that's, that's the way it's been. Now you go back a few hundred years and it's clear in this country, you see. And so curse of Canaan, what's that? And then it says a curse of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Noah did not bless Sham. Noah blessed the Elohim of Sham. And some take this to indicate that Jehovah would be Shem's Elohim. But this is what Noah said. Noah said, Blessed be Jehovah Elohim. He didn't say, Blessed be Shem. And Canaan shall be his servant. He says, Blessed be the Lord Elohim of Shem. The verse states clearly Noah cursed Canaan to be a slave of Shem but also included in the curse is this statement. Elohim shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Now, I did a teaching on um, Zionism, Judaism, and biblical, what was it, Uh, Zionism, Judaism, no, Zionism, Judaism, and biblical prophecy. That was it. That was it. Now this is the closest that I get to um, exposing some things without. Is that what it's called? Zionism, Judaism, and biblical prophecy. That's what I thought it was. And some of it comes from this because see, here's here's something that that um, yeah. Thank you zionism judaism and biblical prophecy uh, i did a teaching on it and here's something that it, it, it is important for people to to do word searches several years ago when i was in the baptist church i i was uh encouraged um when I was in the Baptist, that I needed, I had to have a Hebrew-Greek word um, study Bible. But what I realized in that Hebrew-Greek word study Bible is that it only um, highlighted certain Hebrew words and certain Greek words. In... So it was kind of leading, the the publisher or the writer determined for me, it's the Hebrew Greek word study, yeah. They de- they determined what words I should study. So you would read a passage that's got 15 words in a verse and maybe um, four of those words had the underline with the, with the Strong's number. And so you run and search those words to get, but you're not paying attention to the other words. Now, the other thing is that you don't see um, all the words together, how they're used. And and here's one of those. Elohim shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Now, the Hebrew for the word enlarge in this passage is used only one time for this it should be for this hebrew word enlarge now the word enlarge is used about nine times in the hebrew but this passage is the only time a specific Hebrew word is used that is not used for all of the other times the word enlarge is used. And so one can see enlarge in various passages and assume it's the same word, but it's not. In this particular word, verse, where in other places where this Hebrew word is used, it is used in connection with the words, this entice, deceive, persuade, flatter, allure. In other words, the usage of this word is enlarge in the Hebrew is only used one time for enlarge. And so another way to look at this particular verse, Elohim shall deceive Japheth. Elohim shall entice Japheth. Elohim shall persuade Japheth. Now the point I'm trying to get at is that Japheth, based on this prophecy that will be deceived, dwelling in the tents of Shem, could be deceived by Jehovah to think it is sham, and we're going to get into a little bit more of this in the next in the next chapter. Because it is as we're going to look at how the people begin to populate the earth, Japheth is where. Oh, man, I want to jump ahead so fast, so bad. I do, but I have to be patient. The term, let me put it, I'll give you this. The first time <laughs> the word Gentile is used, it is not in associations with Ham. It is not in associations with Shem. It's in association with Japheth. And there's a reason for that and as we look at what is actually written we're gonna find that there are some things that have been playing out that even when Noah made this statement if that word used there is Elohim shall deceive Japheth and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem then Japheth may easily become to realize or think that it is sham. Now, it begs to reason. Many people know, many people know that the Shemites that are in Israel today are from Europe. European. And when we see where Japheth went, we're going to be able to make some connections here. I see Lee already up all up in it. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, this verse right here, Genesis nine twenty seven, is packed full of prophecy, I believe. But it's not the kind of prophecy people associate with prophecy. Although Noah spoke something that to this day is playing out. More about it. Now Sham, Ham, and Japheth were the only children Noah had. And I'm closing now. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You can find more inspirational teachings and download our free eBooks on our ministry website at ArthurBaileyMinistries.com. Please follow us on Facebook at House of Israel-Arthur Bailey Ministries, on Instagram at Apostle Arthur Bailey, on Twitter at Apostle Bailey, and you can subscribe to our YouTube page at Apostle Arthur Bailey one If you're in the Charlotte area, please come and fellowship with us. We'll do our best to make you feel right at home. Our address is on our website at the About link under Contact Us. Again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, Shalom Saints.